I'm Emma Woodhouse. I'm a two-time NCAA All-American, former Division I downhill skier, and host of the Barriers to Breakthroughs podcast. Each week, I'll get to interview some amazing and strong female athletes to discuss important topics in women's sports and what goes on inside the brain of an athlete. Perfectionism, recovering from injury, and bullying are just some of the many things that can defeat your spirits and ruin your confidence to perform. I know what it's like to feel hopeless, not knowing why you're not performing the way you want, and to feel alone thinking that no one could relate to what you're going through. Well, I'm here to change that. I'll bring these topics and stories to light and show you that you are not alone and that you can overcome those barriers to breakthrough. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode. It's your girl, Emma, and today I have former track and field athlete, Amanda Whittem. This high jumper and hurdler competed for Bryant University, served as co-president for the Student Athlete Advisory Committee, also known as SAC, and was named to the NEC Academic Honor Roll multiple times in her career. A big struggle that a lot of athletes go through, including myself, is not knowing who you are outside of sports and having your identity too attached to your athletic identity. Amanda has been there and now understands how her athletic ability doesn't define who she is as a person. Themes throughout this episode will be around motives, why it's important to know your why of competing, identifying who you are as a person outside of sports, and why exploring your identity in different facets of life makes sports more fun. And of course, Amanda gives her advice on where to start with finding your identity from small steps to big leaps, and then she answers that question in the title to help you discover parts of you that are so great. You are going to love Amanda's energy, and I'm so excited for you to listen. And before we get into this interview, if you are loving the podcast or this episode, please leave a review over on Apple Podcasts and let me know your thoughts on the podcast and if you resonated with any of the guests. It would help out the podcast so much, and it would mean a lot to me to know your thoughts. Thanks again for all of your support. Now, let's get into the episode. Yay. Welcome, Amanda. Emma, thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh. I'm, I feel so grateful to be on, in your presence, part of your path and part of this huge initiative you have. Oh my God. Thank you. <laughs> so nice. How is life treating you? Oh my gosh. Well, it's definitely been a huge adjustment since uh, last couple of months, but things right now I'm so grateful are going really well. Like I said, I think every athlete right after graduation can attest to the big changes that come emotionally, physically, and every which way. So considering where I'm at, I would say things are going pretty well. So thank you. Yeah. And you, you just graduated in May, right? Yeah. So I graduated Bryant University, repping. 401 Smithfield, Rhode Island to everyone out there. Tiny estate, but we say with the biggest heart. So Bryant is really like near and dear to my heart, my family, considering my older sister was my biggest influence. She was a 2019 Bryant grad. So you can already tell she was definitely my biggest uh, inspo to coming to Bryant. <laughs> yeah, it was really great just sharing two years together. And I think a lot of, I can, I've heard a lot of like, stories, either going to school with a sibling or just, you know, even same team, it can be pretty rare. And I'm just really grateful to have shared that with her. Yeah, that's so awesome. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But first, I really want to find out how you started your journey uh, as a track and field athlete. 
Yeah. So I think I can trace it back when the day my older brother came home and he said, Oh, I think I'm going to go up for the track team. He's a freshman in high school. And his football coach was like, you know, have you ever heard of shot put? Have you ever tried it? And he was like, no, I've never, never heard of shot put. Like he's, he's a freshman, you know, 14, 15 years old. I'm four years younger. So I'm just, you know, about to head into middle school. At that point, I was really still invested in dance. Like dance was like my number one. Hip hop was always my number one, but I gave it a few years and seeing how much he enjoyed it by the time he was graduating high school and he was top 10 in the country for shot put. He was New England champ. He had so much love and appreciation for the sport that by the time I was going into high school, I was like, hey, maybe I could have a moment like he did. So it was really special that for eight years, I was able to not only be in the track and field sport, but have all three of my siblings share it. So I'm sh- I'm not sure. Same with like you or any other athlete out there. I feel like that tends to happen. You do the same sports as like your siblings, and it's just like that whole next level bonding experience. Yeah, I know a lot of my friends who have done sports because of their siblings or their parents. For me, I guess yeah. My brother and I, I think we started the same the sport at the same time, right? And I just continued with it further. So yeah, it was kind of different. So I think we both experienced a new thing together. So yeah, it's, which is cool. I know you guys are just then like automatic teammates, you know, (laughs) teammates, like it really brings on a whole next level, like shared experience. Yeah, definitely. When you made the decision to go to Bryant, what were those deciding factors that helped you make that decision? Right. Yeah. And, um, I know I could, I could jump automatically and say like, Oh, like definitely my sister, but more than that, I really just wanted to be in a place like, so I'm from right outside of Boston, Boston mass. So what was really important to me was that community feel. That was something that we always had on our track team, you know, whether it's just from doing Christmas in the city, working with schools, um, in Boston or just other, like visiting like middle schools and helping teach. I really wanted that community focus that I was so lucky to have been invested in. And then, so Bryant very similarly had that environment and it just so happened, of course, like Bryant is a tremendous business school up and becoming an arts and sciences. And I saw so much movement with Bryant and it was something I really wanted to be part of. So I think the deciding factors really came to like, okay, where do I feel like I can also grow as a person. Mm. Yeah, super important. And it's it's not all about, I mean, we'll get into this, of course, not all about athletics. It's really about the whole environment. Yeah. To many, you know, younger student athletes like listening, really listening to yourself. And sometimes that's where like where you are presently is so different to where the limits that you can break. And you know, it's all about, you know, barriers like to break and everything that like that's you don't really know where you can go. So just have to make sure that you are in the right zone to start and making sure, you know, and that can be really challenging to know where am I going to be in five years? The notorious question interviewers love to ask, right? Like, (laughs) yeah, typical question, yet it's so important (laughs) to ask yourself. Like, how do you answer that? Like, like, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yeah. What were those first couple years at Bryant like for you and in terms of being on the track team? Yeah, I think starting out freshman year, 
definitely we had a ton of support in terms of like compliance, academics. And like I said, going back, that was something I was really looking forward to like that community, but like that emphasis on both academics, athletics. So we were very thankful to have that. But I feel like freshman year, I still felt very like hesitant about trying anything. I felt like that whole student athlete, right. It's very binary, like that whole time. And I was always conditioned. Like I just have to worry about athletics and being a good student it never really occurred to me that like you could be anything beyond that, you know? So I was saying like, I felt very binary in the fact that I had to just do both. And I was able to dabble a little bit in the student athlete advisory committee at that rate. Cause my sister was on it, had a few teammates on it. But like I said, I just felt very like, like I was like tiptoeing my way through the year. Right. What do you mean by like tiptoeing through the year? Yeah. Yeah, that's a like that's a really great point. And I think by tiptoeing, I really meant that like I was really scared to try new things, right? And that's all we were told to do as athletes. Like whether you were just starting a sport or whether you've been in the sport for like eight years, like I'm sure there's been many times like in your technique that you like a coach was like, okay, you have to focus on this, but you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, like I don't know. That's exact. You know what I mean? Do you you feel that? Do you feel that? Like, yeah. So I think I was like a scared to maybe venture outside my sport, scared to, especially with Bryant always advertises, right? Like over a hundred clubs and orgs, which is so awesome. Right. But I was like, I don't know if I want to do that. So I definitely felt like I was kind of like secluded by just that student athlete range. Right. Yeah. And that's tough when you're a first year, you you know, you're the youngest on campus and you're kind of being led by what your teammates or your friends have said or your sister. Exactly. And I think that's super important. Like, and I know we can get into this later, but it's like, what are strategies that first year students and even like seniors in high school can really like look to identify with? Like I had mentioned earlier, like knowing, is this going to help me personally grow outside my comforts and talking to people and learning more, et cetera. So I think that's just like super important that like, I think everyone, of course, you got to like ease back a little bit, but I think it was on the point that I felt like so anxious that like, I didn't want to make a wrong mistake on my path. How did you feel that translated when you were an athlete? A lot of like first year athletes will say, oh, I never did this in high school. I didn't have this training. So it's an overall huge adjustment year. And like that can be a little overwhelming a lot overwhelming for a lot of reasons. But like I said, there's always, you always have to, it's how, how you are or the way you see things. So it's like, yes. Okay. I have to scrap my whole technique. I I can't, my penultimate is wrong. My takeoff angles are wrong. Like, okay. Like that's, that would be a lot to change, but I think I was able to realize like in my sport, I was like, okay, it's okay to be scrap everything and start from scratch basically. But I felt like outside of the track, like outside of the runway, I felt like that's where I was tiptoeing, where I felt very like skittish a little bit about trying new things and just putting myself out there and making those mistakes. Mm. And where do you think that that stems from? I think a lot of times, like, and I know of course, like the chance to be a first year student, you're always told like, you have to make mistakes going outside your comfort zone, but I'm not, it's like so hard to pinpoint. Like, I just think because it, all new people, right. All new environments that like your wrong mistake could be your impression on someone or like, you know, Oh, you, you go out for this like team club, but then you have to quit 
because it doesn't fit with your practice schedule, then it's like, oh, well, I don't want this group of people in the public speaking club to think I'm a quitter. Like, you know what I mean? So just like, even though it can seem super trivial, I feel like sometimes we could like carry that. And that's what, for example, prevented me from trying to push out that first year. What would you say or do to kind of justify that way of thinking? This is so funny, but I can remember this quote sitting on my brother's bedstand. He's had it on there for since he was a high school track athlete. And it's a quote by Yoda do or do not, there is no try. And it's so funny. It's like you can't really try to do something. Like you have to do it, you have to commit to it. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't come out, work out, like that's okay. You have nothing you have nothing to lose. Right. So I think I really like, I, I talked to him like a lot my first year because he was just graduating, um, university of Rhode Island and that same year. So you can imagine that like coming from him as a seasoned kind of senior to me as like a little baby freshman, like there was just a lot to learn by him, especially like that Yoda quote was really helping me like try to break out of my comfort zone. (laughs) I love that. And it just makes you think because, because it's Yoda, you're like, wait, does that make sense? And then once you think about it, you're like, wow, that's so deep. Yeah. Yeah, And I think that was like a really like simple reminder that I just held myself grounded to. And I know so many student athletes, whether preparing for competition or maybe like afterward, even just daily as a post-grad, you know, having quotes or inspirational, like things to look to, like different affirmations, you know, those are all super, super important. And I feel like having those ongoing statements, those will become your beliefs over time. So it's just like super important to like hold yourself to like maybe three to five quotes or affirmations that you feel like you need at this time and just keep repeating it. What affirmations do you personally like to say to yourself? Yeah. So I would say freshman year is definitely the do or do not. There's no try type of like quote, but right now I I'm like, so I'm right now I'm studying for my financial exams and it's just so much all at once. So we love to say, trust the process. And we've heard that one before, right? Trust the process, trust the training. Like I said, that just speaks to so much trusting the process that if you were conditioned, like putting your effort into each and every day, even if you feel like you're not, you don't have much gas to give, you have to just keep trusting that that will pay its dividends in the long run. So I definitely say trust the process is my biggest one right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Straight up that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You're like, oh, it's overplayed, but it's like, like you said, sometimes the simplest reminders can deliver the most powerful meaning. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So when did you experience a hurdle in your plans that affected you or really changed your way of thinking throughout your athletic career, Brian? And I think this was, you know, kind of starting freshman year, as I mentioned, felt a little like nervous to kind of branch out a little bit, but freshman year, I was really excited to begin my career, like as a multi. So long jump, high jump, shot put all five, seven events that I really, really loved like training for. And that was so much fun to be a part of. And then I felt really great sophomore year, had a very good season my sophomore year as well. And then I'd say the first big hurdle (laughs) um, really came like winter of my junior year. I suffered a really major metatarsal um, and ankle sprain combined injury there on my jump leg. 
And it was way more severe than I at first perceived it to be. And I think that's a common trend. We're always, we know, we always want to be like, oh no, we're fine. Like push past pain. And that's something that of course changes on your like environment. You have to remember, tell yourself like, okay, do those daily checks physically, emotionally, mentally, everything. So that was junior year winter when I had this huge ankle sprain. And then I was like, oh, by outdoor, I'll be healed. I'll be good. But March, 2020, as we can all know the timing of everything, you know, that moment of sadden, burden, everything for so many reasons. But I think it was really just then I was like, okay, well, I'm going to be a senior. And I feel like I haven't really had a strong breakout year because of course I lost that whole junior year. And I know with so many serious injuries that so many athletes have, that's really when you begin to question yourself and your position on the team. And although I only received like the best support and love and like from teammates, coaches, I just felt like I didn't belong to my team. And that was something I really kept hidden from so many people. And I I didn't realize I was struggling so much, like going into my senior year. And yeah, I guess it was just really hard to vocalize because you're an upperclassman. People kind of assume you have quote unquote put together. I know that a lot of my teammates felt really isolated when they weren't allowed to practice not, not weren't allowed, but like couldn't practice and wasn't with the team all the time. And so what did you do from there? Yeah. I think for anyone out there, like listening, when you can remember like that moment, that instance where you, you felt that, okay, this, this injury is way more long lasting than I thought it would be one. And two, I don't really know what my main priorities are going to be each and every day. Of course, school, you have your school, but like main priorities, you know, your cues and practice and your technique and, oh, we're doing this workout today. I need to work on my, my drive phase, my dorsiflexion, all those cues. Right. Uh, I think that's when moments like athletes in this moment and myself included, I was like, okay, well, if I can't think about me practicing, I really need to think of like what I want to do now. What can I do in my final year? To really make my freshman year self feel like she did it, like she went out there. And this sounds a little cheesy, but if I can add this, like so funny. I feel like a lot of us always share, like, we have that, like, that one song that like gets us going, right? I don't know. Would you have like a major theme song or like anything that, like, that, like, you just like love to pump you up, like in sport, like outside of like ski, like anything like that? Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> definitely have a playlist. But <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely upbeat Avicii vibes. I love that. You yeah, have, you just internally are like, ah, like screaming of excitement. Well, that's so funny because I would say the nights by Avicii would definitely be my second, my second like top. But I would like history has its eyes on you by in the Hamilton soundtrack. Absolutely love that. And I just thought it was like super timely, right? Like, I'm like, okay, I'm a senior. I really want to make my freshman year self proud, but, you know, holding many leadership positions, like co-president of our student athlete advisory committee on senior council, also on a COVID task force for the state of Rhode Island. I just held a lot of positions that I was like, okay, 
I want to keep making the most out of this. And I want to make this a really amazing year for Bryant, for Bryant Athletics, and just overall for all the students that are here. A lot of people know my black and gold pride goes wicked deep. And I love that. But, you know, it's like, it felt so weird to be back on campus after an entire like half semester virtual. And I know thousands, thousands of students felt that. Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh. My season was cut off like halfway through our championships and it really just like in 2020 and then my senior season was just was over. And so it's just such a shock. And so, yeah, to come back on campus for you, it's just, yeah, like that must be such a weird feeling. Exactly. And I just like, you know, being in that moment, it's August. We actually went back like to school like two weeks earlier. And I know so many colleges all over New England, but rest of the country had those adjusted schedules. So it's like, it's August, like we're in school. Like, I'm like, this isn't adding up, but, um, I thought it's, you know, for everyone starting out fall 2020, it was like, okay, like we are so fortunate to be back on campus. Like Bryant was on campus for fall and spring. And it just made you think that like, we have lost so much. So nothing really is ever guaranteed. And we just need to make the most out of it. And I really, really wanted to like go against any pre-existing discomfort or anxiety or like hurt insecurity. I just really wanted to blow by that. And sometimes those cannot be the easiest things to overrule. Going back to what you were talking about with finding your identity outside of sports, um, because it's just such an important topic. And so I really want you to talk about what it felt like when you're in that beginning phase of, okay, I want to figure out who I am and what you did. And I think this really came. So like I said, that COVID year was kind of like a wash year. Um, But I think that summer to really think things over. And I just, like, for example, like my pre-existing internship, like that got canceled. I was like, okay, I need a plan B. And I did some like other side projects. So that whole year we had to learn plan B, plan C, plan D, all these workarounds, right? So I really think that starting my senior year, my new plan was really just going to be, okay, like I have felt in this basket of like student and athlete for so long, but I have so many other friends and resources, faculty, professors that can show as like inspiration to things that I want to grow to be. For example, like I really wanted to grow on my speaking engagement. So eventually I joined TEDx. So TEDx Bryant U and I was on the executive board. I also was like the club facilitator. First time ever TEDx had a club and you know we love our TED Talks for inspiration and everything. So it was really cool to do that. And then I ended up being like the host my senior year. And it was just like really cool that like I had that chance to do that super unexpectedly, like my senior year, sometimes it can be like, oh, you're doing this. Like it's not something I've learned is that it's really not too late to ever try to join something, try something, especially in college. That's so amazing that you, you did all that. And, and so you're saying that your friends were kind of shocked that, that, that you were doing that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it was, everyone always like, Oh, everyone always teased me. Like they were kind of right too, but they're like, Oh, like, do you ever get any sleep? Like, how do you do it all? And, uh, I remember we had shared this before and I know Alexa Rivera and I like have shared too, like in her previous episode, it's like, you're so used to just being a student or an athlete that 
sometimes you're like, oh, well, I'm also like in this club or I'm a men, like I'm a, I'm a tutor, I'm a mentor. And those are things that all are synonymous with being a student athlete. We are always showing up to be a mentor. We are always showing up to be, you know, a tutor in some way or another. So I think when we really consider student athlete a title, we need to think like um, zoom out and think of the all hundreds of things that are what make us who we are. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's so true. I think we can easily just be so black and white. Like I am an athlete. I am a sister or something, but then we, we don't think about, okay, yeah, I'm a mentor because I talk to my, the underclassmen or like, like all these things that we, that we are and that. Yeah. It's just, it's cool to really take note of that and be proud of it. And I think that's like we said, we, the experience so much all is, is about like enhancing the two, but I think it will be increasingly super important for schools and especially like recruitment to realize like, okay, a lot of the time, I mean, if NCAA statistics, like ranging by sport, but you're looking at under 3% or so of students that go pro, right? Like dependent on the sport, of course, but in 97, 95% of other athletes, like what are they hoping to achieve right after college? So I think that will be super important for schools to look into for recruiting and understanding how to communicate that message that you're more than a student athlete and if you go pro, you will still have all these options, like, you know, depending on how things go. But like at the end of the day, we just want you to feel that you're really becoming yourself. Yeah, definitely. What would you say would be three major questions that every athlete should ask themselves that would really help them to, to identify who they are as people? Wow. That's an, that's an awesome question. I love that. Like just thinking hmm, just to limit to three questions. And I think it's important (laughs) because like that, you know, that will change, right? Like I would say, if you are say going into college, I think your questions are going to be a little bit different by each year, but in general, I would just want to say, number one, am I feeling my full authentic self the same way as I am at practice compared to when I'm in the classroom, around campus. So just comparing those two different auras, those two different perspectives, like, do I still feel myself in both settings? I think that's a huge, huge factor because if you're not, you can look into more like, oh, is it because I've been injured? Is it because I've been struggling in class? And I know there's a lot of like interception there too, but really just trying to understand like, okay, where where am I connecting? Where am I not? Um, And then I would say number two, am I still really enjoying the sport? A lot of times I've seen with athletes, especially like at Bryant or other schools, by the time they're junior year, they're like, I'm just so burnt out. I don't know if I can handle it. And I think that's a super okay thing to do. Like we, I think that's super under talked about, right? Like, you know, maybe a lot of people just say, oh, so-and-so quit. But I think that's like not always the right thing to perceive it as, right? Like maybe they just, you know, had to end their career early but they still had a great career. And I think we should always celebrate that and not always be like, oh, they quit because they didn't have the drive, whatever. Like, you know, you're never in that place to really qualify that for someone, right? Yeah, just in general, like, am I still feeling really good about my sport? And then like number three, how do I really want to feel at graduation? Like, how do I really want to feel in terms of measurable goals, right? We always talk about like smart goals, specific, measurable, 
accurate. I forget the whole acronym, but you know, like think about, okay, like, and I know like what I say, being outcome oriented can be double-edged sword, but I think just having some realistic things like, oh, I want to, you know, achieve this distance, this height, get really practice great habits, like going to therapy once a week, getting eight hours of sleep a week, really prioritizing my journaling, like try to like categorize it by habits as well. So I think just to quickly summarize that, just to bolt them down there, you know, really measuring, like, am I feeling the same excitement that I do in my sport as I am say around campus or in class or other involvements? Second, am I really enjoying my sport as I once did four or five years ago, even just last season? And then thirdly, just really understanding like what are habits and things that I really know I can do kind of can be scary to think about like journaling every day. Like that's can be crazy. Like I know Erica has always taught me so much about that. Just really think about those habits. Like we said, sleep, um, nutrition, think about those habits because eventually those metrics will come from those habits. Great questions. All of those questions just span across all elements of being a student athlete, like from the beginning. And then what do you, Mm. what do you see yourself at graduation? How do you want to feel? And that's most important is how you want to feel about yourself. And that can be a scary conversation because it sure as hell was scary for me. Like, like you said, and it's not, it's so funny because like really quick on that point, it makes us think like we, so many of us can share like that insecurity, that hesitancy. I know that prevented for me so much in terms of my training, especially like I said, when I had that injury, really bad injury, junior year, winter, it just makes you think like, who's putting this voice in my head? Like my teammates are giving me support. Is it just because I'm, are they just saying that? Like it creates this whole like hidden conversation that you're not really sure how to like put an end to it. But I think what really like showed to me is like, my time is for me. It's not for anyone else. I want to make others feel really happy and everything. But at the end of the day, if someone's not supporting me, I don't need to listen to it. That's it. <laughs> Stop the mic. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I, like I can relate because I, I just fully didn't want to ask that question to myself. I was like, you know what? Nope. I got the next race to go to, or I got yeah. like, it was always just, okay, yeah, I'm focused on right now. And then when I thought about the future was when it was just all over and I was like, uh, okay, where do I go now? So it's exactly, yeah. Super important to ask yourself these questions as soon as you can, like as soon as possible. hundred percent. You mentioned a little bit earlier about ways to discover your identity more and getting out into the community of university I would love for you to just talk about what that feeling was like as you first started doing it when you got back on campus. Yeah. And I think like, it was so funny, like going into this school year felt like going into a championship meet, like so much preparation, so much, so many nerves, but like speaking from like a SAC perspective, student athlete perspective, there was so much excitement to be back. Like even just training, we had so many different workarounds we had to do from testing twice a week, wearing masks at practice, social distancing at practice, all these parameters that we didn't know we've never done. Right. So I think regardless, like 
our whole life, like we said, always trying to like do those workarounds, those pivots, like in a game race pattern doesn't go as planned. You still have to finish. Right. And it's just like all those things. And I think we were all pretty hyped. Like we were going into like our Northeast conference, like championship beat. Like it really felt like that. And I just think at that point I was like, okay, I'm like, I told you history has its eyes on you. And Hamilton was my soundtrack. And I was like, okay, you know what I mean? You have so much time left and everyone agrees senior year can go really, really freaking quick. So I just think it was super important. I was like, I don't have any more time. I really just have to move and take advantage and just enjoy it. Yeah, definitely enjoying the experience that you have left. Yeah. Just having those eight months. Yeah. And so what you said before, you were like, you were hosting the TEDx events. And so you were involved in this in SAC. And so some people out there might be thinking, okay, that's a huge step and that's a little scary. And so what would you suggest would be sort of the baby steps to get more involved? Like I said, it's hard to be like, oh, just jump into it so quick. And I just think for anyone who even just wanted to like learn more, just just always attend like general open meetings or just, I always would tell students like, you know, just DM say a club or an org on campus on Instagram or on Twitter. Because like I said, a lot of times you have to think of like hybrid strategies, right? So like, if you can't go in person, then like just you can attend on Zoom or just virtually connect to them. And I think that college environment naturally has that openness and welcoming environment, super instilled, like super built in. So I would say like those baby steps, you know, just experiment, like just see, get those feelers out there, message directly. And then if you don't like it, just be like, hey, I really appreciated my time. Unfortunately, it's not going to work out right now, but Maybe we'll see how it is in the future, but best of luck in the meantime, like rooting for you guys, like no problem there at all. But um, yeah, like you said, it can always be scary to take that first step, but that's what we really, really have to do in our undergrad university years. So coming from me who did not venture very far from my ski team, I really wish that I ventured out and really explored and just talk to other people. Like I was just always surrounded by my ski team and stuck really by them because like my being at that point was that like, I was a little shy. I didn't want to kind of like get involved. And so me looking back, I really wish that I could have met different people and just from all different backgrounds. And like, then we had that same common interest of and just finding that interest at school, like there was probably a club for like, I really love journaling and calligraphy. Like there could have been yeah. a club and I could have joined that and I could have met some amazing people. So that's some advice for me. Just get out there. <laughs> right. And even just like retroactively, like thinking now, I think being an alumni um, alum in any capacity is still really powerful. Just going back, just connecting. If you use like uh, LinkedIn or Instagram and just like DMing people be like, Hey, like post-grad life, huh? Like some crazy, like crazy story. <laughs> but, like just being like super, um, just like always introduce yourself. If you feel like ghosted by someone, like no biggie, if you don't hear response, that's no problem. But like, for example, I just, uh, LinkedIn message, a bunch of track and field alum, in addition to just like other people I knew 
through SAC who are older, even just being like, hey, I just wanted to reintroduce myself. Like, my name is Amanda Whittem. So the track and field team, I remember you were on the e-board, blah, blah, blah. Like, you can all just like make those introductions again, because I think like right now, especially on the offset, um, adapting back into pre-COVID life, new life, you know, however you want to coin it, people love that connection, love that reunion, I guess is the word to say. So always, you know, even if you feel like, and I totally get that Emma, like you were so invested and killing it, might I add on the slopes, like just amazing. Like sometimes you feel those like regrets, but you're like, actually, like, what can I do now? And I think that could be a really total cool thing to try. Just reaching back out to um, alum, maybe older than you totally seems awesome. And their end. Yeah, like just the nostalgia of going back and being like, oh, what dorm were you in? Or just like those little things. <laughs> yes. Like, oh my gosh, like what was your favorite meal? Like, oh, like this, like, remember that crazy like snowstorm? Like it sounds so silly, right? But like it really does foster that connection, that shared history. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, it's been such a pleasure having you on the podcast. I just love, I love your little, cause you, I've noticed this when we were texting before this interview and you just send me like, little like happy Monday, like, like hope your, hope your day started off. Like, so like, there's just these little things, like, like you said, like just these little comments and they're just so cute. And I love that you're just the hype woman. <laughs> That makes me feel so warm and fuzzy. No, like seriously, like I'm all about that. And like, I do apologize in advance if I use a lot of emojis, but I just love, like, I love using emojis, right? And I feel like we just have to display that affection more. So two cents, use more emojis in there in addition to everything. But oh my gosh, but no, I thank you so, so very much. I, your mission is just fantastic. And just going through learning about all the previous athletes that you've had on, um, on your podcast and part of your whole initiative, just fantastic. Like everyone just, you can learn so much from everyone. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And so just one final question. Yeah. Any last words of advice for athletes listening out there? So I think we just got to bring it back and just remember that every opportunity that you've maybe thought about taking and you have that little bit of hesitancy, really question yourself, where's this hesitancy coming from? And if it's something like, oh, I just maybe don't for me, like I don't want to be known as messing up, but just memorize, just remember that you're your path is not a straight line. It has all this twists and curves and everything. So really think about like, where is this self-doubt coming from? And just be, turn yourself and say, I'm going to get over it and just do it. Like I said, even if it's a flop, you still did it, right? Like no matter how big, small, trying a new like club, really making yourself uncomfortable in your training, going for a stronger weight or, you know, really pushing yourself outside of those comfort zones that's where all the real good things happen. So just remember your your path is not a straight line, but has many, many different directions. And it's just all part of the greater plan. Yep. No regrets. <laughs> so another mic drop there. Yeah. So good. So good. So good. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. Emma, thank you so much. And best of luck going forward. And always remember, you know, barriers to breakthrough, just the half of it. We are so much greater than it. That's the real mic drop. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to the Barriers to Breakthroughs podcast. 
If you love this episode or want to support the podcast, please click on that subscribe button and leave a rating and review. I would be forever grateful. You can also follow and connect with me on Instagram at Barriers to Breakthroughs Podcast and on my website at emmawoodhouse.ca. Thanks again for tuning in and keep on breaking those barriers to your inevitable breakthrough.